0: Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center located in Davis, California Today Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series on the book of Romans with the message entitled, Why Do Good People Suffer? If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Romans 5. Now here is our Bible teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew Let us pray, Heavenly Father, it is true, O God That some of us endure God, endure your preached word, endure prayer, endure giving to the Lord, endure fellowship of the saints, but enjoy the world and what the world has to offer, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boasting of things we possess. Lord, help us to do today the exact opposite. Help us all to enjoy God. And hate all form of worldliness. And this we pray through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Why the righteous suffer? By which I mean, why do good people suffer? That is... Why do the righteous suffer? That is, why do true believers in Jesus Christ suffer afflictions and persecutions? Are they not exempt from all sufferings because of their salvation? Let sinners suffer, but not the saints. Romans 5, 3 through 5 gives us the answer. The book of Job also wrestled with this question. Romans 5 through 8 teaches us the full assurance of our ultimate salvation, which is our glorification, that is the redemption of our bodies. That is, we shall be transformed to be like Jesus Christ. Justified will be glorified. This is absolutely certain. It is our sure hope. We learned, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. We are in God's presence. And we triumphantly praise God. We rejoice in hope. Or we could say in view of the glory of God. And this hope of our glorification. Is the dominant theme. In chapter 5, 1 through 11. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. But not only so, verse 3, we rejoice also in tribulations. We rejoice in God. God who creates out of nothing. And God who raises the dead. God with whom nothing is impossible. God who cannot lie. God who keeps his promises, who keeps every one of his promises. In fact, we read in Romans 8 and verse 30, those whom he called, he justified. Those whom he justified, he also glorified. Ekalasen, Edykaiosen, sin it is already done. it is so certain the justified shall be glorified. so even now, even now, in the midst of tribulations and in tribulations, in this life, we are told that we rejoice in hope of our. Coming glory. And we are sons of God. The mission of Jesus Christ. God's son. Is to bring many sons to glory. God has chosen us in Jesus Christ. Before the creation of the world. For the purpose. That we be holy. And blameless in his sight. That is to be glorious. We are not chosen before the creation of the world, in other words, to be rich and healthy and politically connected and famous in this life, as some fraudulent ministers assert. In this life, in other words, we are sure to suffer. And so we notice that justified Rejoice continually, that's the Greek expression tells us. We rejoice continually, even in tribulations in this life, in view of our God promised and guaranteed glory. So, not only that, we triumphantly praise, we rejoice. Point number one. Greatly in our present sufferings. The Greek word for affliction. Or tribulation. Is thlipsis. It has to do with pressure applied. On your soul and body. Pressure applied to olives to get olive oil. Pressure applied to grapes to get grape juice. Gethsemane means olive press. There was an olive press. Which pressed olives. Gethsemane means olive press. Where Jesus experienced great intense pressure. On his soul. This suffering. This suffering, Christian experiences has to do with all forms of sufferings but especially sufferings experienced for Christ's sake because of our Christian faith as the millions of Chinese believers experience every day. So sufferings include sickness, accidents, broken relationships, divorce Enmity of children, enmity of fellow workers, confiscation of property, slander, and martyrdom. So let us look at what Jesus said. Jesus told us to expect this. Matthew 5, verse 10 through 12. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you. And I I experience this daily. Mine is not physical threat. It is spiritual slander. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven Because in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And the opposite is Luke 6.26. When people say good things about you. Then that shows you are what? A false prophet. So a popular minister is a fraud. Jesus said I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But rejoice. I have overcome the world. Paul said. He strengthened the disciples. And encouraged them to remain true to the faith. And he told them. We must. It's not optional sir. We must. Go through many hardships. To enter the kingdom of God. He says in Philippians 1 and verse 29 It has been granted to you It is a gift given to you In other words, charizomai What is this gift? On behalf of Christ Not only to believe in Jesus Christ That's a gift It is a gift that we believe in Jesus Christ But he also gave us the gift what? But also to suffer for him and Paul says, in First Thessalonians three verse three, so that no one would be unsettled by these trials, you know quite well that we were destined for there. Suffering in this life is our destiny, sir, if you are a true Christian. Second Timothy 3:12, "In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted." Real suffering. Is our destiny in this life. Do you think this is popular in America? And so nobody preaches it. They are all liars. They are liars who will not preach what Paul is teaching us, what Jesus is teaching us, what James is teaching us. I'm not speaking about minor inconveniences. Like your headache and traffic problems and car problems. I'm speaking about serious issues. Romans 8, beginning with verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ shall trouble or hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword. As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Or turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Beginning with verse 23, this is real life of Saint Paul. Are they servants of Christ? I am out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked much harder. Being in prison more frequently, being flogged more severely, and being exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned three times, I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, and in danger from false brothers, and so on. What have you suffered? Paul says we rejoice in sufferings also. Those who preach receive Jesus. And all your problems will disappear. You'll be healthy and wealthy and famous. You will get an invitation from the White House. Such people are false witnesses of the gospel. They manifest the characteristics of the cults. True gospel declares, true believers experience sufferings, various pressures, and severe pressures in this life. Yet Paul says, we rejoice exultantly, we glory, we triumphantly praise in tribulations. Notice seven things. Not murmur in them as the Israelites. That's what they did, murmur. Do you murmur, sir? He's not saying that uh, we will suffer stoically. Courage. Stiff upper lip. Courage. That's not what he's saying. He's not saying, speaking of commiseration and self-pity. Calling attention to your misery. He is not saying that we rejoice in spite of sufferings. He is not saying that we rejoice because we enjoy suffering. That is we are masochists. He is not saying that we rejoice in tribulations that is in the midst of tribulations. What he really is saying is we rejoice greatly in sufferings. That is in sufferings, that is, because of sufferings. That's an entirely different idea. We rejoice because of sufferings. Sufferings appointed by the Father, sufferings governed by the Father, sufferings, though evil, gone, brings good. Out of these sufferings. So Paul says in Romans 8 and verse 28. O damen, and we know. That in all things God works for the good of those who love him. And have been called according to God's purpose. Our sufferings prove. That we are children of God. Not the opposite. Only the righteous suffer this kind of sufferings. Because the world and the devil hate God's people. And I include the church hating true people of God. We rejoice in tribulations, not one. But many tribulations in our life. Read Job. One after another. Sufferings came for him. We rejoice. It's a present tense. It means we continually rejoice. We rejoice. Not only the apostle. Who received special spiritual endowments. But we. All true believers rejoice or ought to rejoice in tribulations. Don't misunderstand me. I don't get excited when sufferings come. But I understand. Only children experience the loving discipline of the father to remove evil from our inner beings. I understand that such discipline seems not pleasant at the time, but painful. But later on, however, this discipline, sir, it produces the discipline. A harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. And as we are trained by it, as we go through it, we share in the holiness of God. Without which no one shall see God. So as we recognize the value of discipline, we come to embrace and rejoice and even rejoice greatly. We have reason, sir. To rejoice greatly in tribulations. Reasons. Number one is knowledge. Notice. In verse three, not only so, but we also rejoice in our suffering, knowing, because we know. A dotes. Knowing. And continually knowing. Christians are educated people. Not stupid, foolish people, mindless people. They are students of the one book. The Bible which reveals to us God's purpose and his holy will. And preachers are to preach and teach the Bible. Not psychology, politics, science, sociology. Preach the word, St. Paul said. Equip believers to face difficulties as they live their Christian life. Know God's good purpose in our sufferings. Remember the stony soil people in the parable of the sower. They represent foolish people who refuse to spend time to understand the gospel. They are defined by their feelings, not by their understanding. Such people receive with joy the word, but he's a rootless believer. So Jesus said, when trouble or persecution comes because of the gospel, They quickly fall away. They do not persevere to the end. Because they are stupid. They do not know. They don't want to know. It's too much to spend five minutes in the word. They don't want to know God's word. They are false Christians. True Christians like the good soil people. They know... The gospel, the will of God, God's design, God's purpose, God's plan. Matthew 13 verse 23. But the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and what? Understands it, shall we together say. Understands it. He produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. And the same is told in Luke 8 and verse 15. True Christians know God's will from God's holy, infallible, written word. And they know it continually. They daily study the word. They rejoice in sufferings because they know the purpose of sufferings. So you notice... Murmuring Christians are what's a stupid Christians, foolish Christians. So that's a better word. Murmuring Christian is mindless Christian who will not get up in the morning to spend time in the Word of God. Murmuring Christians are those who refuse to exercise their mind to know the Scripture they cannot say when trouble comes it is written what do true Christians know they know that through tribulations God works for our eternal good they know tribulations initiate a process a chain reaction that results in our sanctification of the interior beauty of our heart which is a prerequisite to glorification turn to Zechariah 13 and verse 8 and 9 in the whole land declares the Lord two thirds will be struck down and perish yet one third will be left in it this third I will bring into the fire I will refine them like silver and test them like gold. They will call on my name and I will answer them. I will say, They are my people. And they will say, The Lord is our God. The fire under the crucible of the silversmith purifies the silver in the crucible that experiences the heat. God is the refiner of people his people he purifies us through fiery trials to make us holy and blameless fit for heaven turn with me to Psalm 119 we studied this in detail at one retreat and after reading these verses I'm sure you will welcome divinely ordained sufferings 119 Psalm verse 67 before I was afflicted I went astray but now I obey your word look at the purpose a grand and good purpose affliction brings you back to God and back to the Bible and verse 71, it was good, notice, having experienced it. It was good for me to be afflicted so that I might learn your decrees. Brought you back to the book. Verse 75, I know, O Lord, that your laws are righteous in faithfulness. That is, in covenant love You have afflicted me. And verse 92. If your law had not been my delight. I would have perished in my affliction. In other words. When he was. Undergoing affliction. He was looking at the book. He was reading it. And he was delighting in it. And he was comforted by it. So then, knowing what? Tribulation, pressure, produces, works, accomplishes continually. What? Endurance. Tribulations reveals our impatience and produces patience. Nothing else shall produce the ability to endure, the ability to stand under pressure and confess Christ and be martyred. Nothing else shall develop our spiritual muscle power. The weight lifter's muscles are developed because he lifts weights daily. Tribulations sir, destroy our self-confidence and pride. Tribulations send us to God to have God confidence to say I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengtheneth me read 2nd Corinthians let me read it to you chapter 1 and verse 9 and here he says indeed in our hearts we felt the sentence of death now here is the purpose But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. So, it destroys our self-confidence, it sends us to God. We were not reading the Bible or praying anything, but all of a sudden, true believer, as he experiences troubles... We read the word often. We pray often. We see Christian fellowship often. We worship regularly. We witness continually. Tribulations produce endurance. Constancy in our Christian walk. We experience a kind of stress test. And by God's grace, we pass the endurance test. Peter in chains, sleeps in jail. Stephen, though being stoned, sees the Lord and prays for his killers. Paul, beaten and chained and thrust into the innermost cell, from there he sings and prays. The three Hebrew young men walk with the Lord in the fiery furnace. Daniel sleeps with the hungry lions. St. Paul writes epistles in prison, exhorting saints to endure hardship like a good soldier and rejoice. And I say again, rejoice. When we go through tribulations, if we sing and pray, we know we are getting stronger. We have endurance produced by tribulations. We know we are true saints. We may testify we are Christians. But God tests our testimony. As he tested Abraham. He was asked to sacrifice his son. His only son. His beloved son. Son of promise Isaac. And he passed the test. And God said to him, do not lay a hand on the boy. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God, because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Now endurance produces Godliness, my translation. Proof of character. Endurance produces the state of being qualified. 1 Thessalonians 2.4 speaks about God accredited servants. God certified. Endurance produces proof that you are of good character. It produces godliness. Hebrews 12 verse 10. You are sharing in God's holiness. You have a harvest of righteousness and peace. As you endure God's discipline. Turn with me to the book of James Chapter 1, beginning with verse 2, consider it, what's a pure joy, my brothers. Whenever you fall, whenever you face trials of many kinds, here again notice, because what? You know, you know, sir, you know. It is taken for granted by James that believers do know through the word of God. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, endurance. Perseverance must finish its work. You see, we pray right away, oh God remove it and you just, you know, nothing happens. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work. God must finish his work. And he will finish it when you sing. And when you pray, and when you thank God, and when you rejoice greatly in the midst of tribulations. And the purpose is so that you may be mature, God doesn't want immaturity. There is a revolt against maturity. We like to remain infants so that we are fed and washed and taken care of. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. That God wants his children to reflect his image. To have his holy character. And look at verse 12. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him he will be glorified in other words sanctification even through tribulations is the necessary prerequisite and prelude to our glorification heavenly father we thank you for your plan and your purpose and your will it is nothing but To make us holy and blameless. It is to make us like Jesus Christ. It is to develop beauty of holiness in our heart. So help us, O Lord, to look into the book and learn that we may know your plan, your purpose, as we are led by you through troubles. And help us, O oh Lord, to embrace your dealings and kiss the rod that we may be qualified to see God face to face. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio of the sermon, Why Do People Suffer? Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P. G. Matthew.